So, um, as we, we haven't quite begun, but while we wait for about five minutes for the sitting to begin, um, it's interesting to see if you can bring your attention to yourself right now, just like this. You don't have to close your eyes, um, but just notice what it feels like to let yourself settle down just as we sit here and something's going to happen and you don't know what it is, but you do know that you can relax. You can be in your own square up on the screen and you can relax. And it's been a brutal week. It's been a brutal week in terms of the news and maybe for you personally, it's been a painful week. And we don't deny this, but we let ourselves begin to settle down, to just let everything be here. And without pushing it away, but see what it might feel like to come home, even before we begin to sit. See what it feels like to let yourself just settle. Just settle. And today, when I was preparing, I was noticing how agitated I was um, and just so affected by the news that I was clinging to different opinions. And I'm sure you can relate to the feeling. Um, it's like I was an extension of this opinion. So even though I was just in my house, in my head, I was mounting arguments. You know that feeling? In my head, I was up on a soapbox, like Thomas Paine or something. And then I began to notice how it felt energetically to be leaning into this opinion. And just seeing that let me come home to a more balanced feeling of being present. And I didn't care less, but I was more present. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit before we sit about one of my favorite stories and a few other people are going to be coming. So I'll talk slowly, which is relaxing. Um, and one of my favorite stories is the story of the Count of Monte Cristo. 
because I've always felt a strange connection to the story. Um, I would pass, I passed a bakery in Manhattan that said Dumas, and I got all excited because somehow I felt this connection to Alexander Dumas and the Count of Monte Cristo. And much to my great delight, once I went to this really cheesy Renaissance fair, and a person who said she was a Druid and could read past lives told me with no prompting on my part that I was the reincarnation of Alexander Dumas and that I had written the Count of Monte Cristo. And so I couldn't be more pleased. But um, keep your opinions to yourself. You're all muted. Um, you can think this is a total fantasy, and I'm rather inclined to, except I do love the story. And that what I love about the story of the Count of Monte Cristo is that notion that we can all feel of being happily in your life. And so suddenly being wrongfully accused. Okay. Can anybody relate to that feeling of being wrongfully accused? And, and you know, it might seem like I'm making light of, of, of this, and it can be light, but it also is deeply relevant to what we're witnessing as a country, a feeling of being thrown into a captivity or an oppressive situation that's completely undeserved. And you might connect to this, not just from the news about um, the wrongful death, of George Floyd, Floyd, but in your own life, a feeling of something horrible being done to you, just out of the blue, and the pain of that, the feeling that you've done everything right or with a good intention, and still, this terrible thing happens. And all of us at this point can relate to the feeling of captivity, of an imprisonment. And it's a very nice one for most of us. But still, it's a good time to remember this detail about the Count of Monte Cristo. How did he escape from prison? He did it very, very slowly. First of all, he had help. He went through this tremendous phase of, of 
rage and then bitterness and then despair and then he heard a distant knocking on a wall and a mentor appeared help appeared and together he and his mentor his teacher began to do two things they began to learn or the teacher began to teach and they began to dig. And the, the thing that's relevant to this practice is that that digging went spoonful by spoonful, in a sense. Spoonful by spoonful by spoonful by spoonful. They dug themselves free. And this is a practice that is that slow and that careful, but it's also that freeing. When I was a little girl, when I wasn't thinking I was Alexander Dumas, I also was enchanted by archaeology and the way that they would clear these ancient relics with little brushes, this painstaking work of brushing away the soil with great care. So what is my point? It's that when we, even in the midst of turmoil and pain, the practice is not to suppress or deny or try to escape that pain, but to be with it with great care at moments. So I said at the beginning, preparing for today, I was so distraught by the news that of the uh, wrongful death of an innocent man, that I was completely identified with my opinions. And I want you to try again right now. And you might not, it might not be your situation, but to just notice right now what it might be like to sit back in yourself, to remember the greater mystery of your being. And I propose that we sit together and then we can say a little more about that. So take a comfortable seat, back straight, back straight, or reclining if that's what's needed and let the eyes close if you're comfortable with closed eyes and, and just notice how it feels to be here. 
let everything be exactly as it is. And shift the attention to the attention itself. So if pain is present, if anger is present, if thoughts are present, let them be there. And notice that the attention can touch them with great gentleness and no judging. But welcoming them. And see that this attention can begin to soften the body. Sometimes just slightly. But we begin to feel the body softening. And opening. And beginning to see that when you go towards thinking, you can gently come back to a sense of being present that isn't just thinking. That sensing. Sensing what it's like to be here. Beginning to remember that we're more than we think. And we're more than our pain. We're also an attention that doesn't judge. That's kind. that welcomes us.
to be just like we are right now. And see that this attention welcomes you every time you come home to the sensation of being here in a body. Notice how it feels to be seen with complete acceptance. See that the stillness is alive. It is attention.
and see that as you come home, as you make this movement of returning to sensation and presence, you also unfold, you open. And see that it can feel like being fed to be in stillness, to be in an attention that doesn't judge is a kind of nourishment. And notice that coming home isn't silencing. It's uh, as if we're with someone in presence.
can we begin to notice that we're coming home to ourselves? To an experience of ourselves that feels more complete, larger, Notice how it feels to not feel alone, to feel as though you're with others and in the light of an attention that we share.
and see that no matter what you're thinking or feeling, you can gently come home again to the sensation of being here in the light of an attention that doesn't judge. And just notice how it feels to let yourself bask in stillness. To let yourself be touched by it.
and see that this coming home also grounds us. We feel more present. And notice how it feels to be allowed to be just as we are. Surrounded by a light of attention that doesn't judge.
um, I wish, even if nothing else, that you take away from this session of practice the briefest impression that it's not that we don't care. It's that by coming home and remembering the greater mystery of being, that we can care with more wisdom, more compassion, with more of ourselves. And so even if you were very distracted tonight or you had a lot of pain or a busy mind or you were tired, you're still cultivating a compassionate way of being with your experience. And this cultivation is something that you can carry forward to others and to everything that you do. And I would strongly encourage you, it's not an order, but um, a heartfelt invitation to not limit your sitting at this time to sitting. Let your practice be moments of coming back to yourself. Just moments. No matter what is going on, if you're working or cooking or walking or in some troubled state of mind, whenever it occurs to you, let your practice be to come home to sensation of standing or sitting, or whatever you're doing. And at the same time, letting that state be with complete kindness. Be extravagantly kind to yourself in allowing yourself to be what you are. I'm not talking about acting out. I'm talking about allowing yourself to be seen, to be held in awareness. And noticing that this movement, this practice consists of two movements, vipassana. Vipassana, depending on Sanskrit or Pali. It's the movement of coming home, samadhi, concentration. And that doesn't mean with the head, it means settle down, settle down, 
settle down until you have a feeling of being rooted again. And the second movement, mindfulness, is letting be, allowing two movements. And its intention and its fruit is to give us a spaciousness. To give us, in a sense, back to ourselves so that we can remember that we're literally more than we think. We also sense, we feel, we perceive, and we have being. And um, I just wanted to read um, one very short prayer. It's a Tibetan wind horse prayer. And it goes as wind carries our prayers for earth and all life. May respect and love light our way. May our hearts be filled with compassion for others and also for ourselves. May peace increase on earth and may it begin with me. I think that's so powerful. First of all, it's a prayer that they'll put on flags to blow in the wind, but to begin to feel that if I can have a moment of peace, of presence, for a moment, letting go of my tight grip on opinions and different states, that this peace might be contributing to peace in the world. And not just peace, but justice. Because, you know, when an artist does justice to someone, it means they're seeing them fully. And this is a practice that prepares us to have compassion and to see with justice. And that's the beginning. So thank you for listening. And I welcome your questions or observations. And then we'll do meta at the end. Uh, Tracy, I very much like what you were saying about concentration being a settling down. It's very, it's very helpful for me as opposed to be thinking that concentration is something magical that I don't quite know how to do. Well, in that context, what did you say about insightfulness? Could you repeat what you said? 
it's um, in the practice of insight meditation. Um, it's two practices at the same time. And the first is this coming home, as I call it, coming back to sensation. That is actually a concentration practice. As you said, it's settling down. You can feel its calming effect and settling effect. And the second part, the inside piece, is allowing. It's that open awareness. And they call it by a lot of different names, but it's, um, I always refer to it as that attention that doesn't judge, being in the light of an attention that doesn't judge, so that you're making this effort to come home. But no matter what's going on, mindfulness sees and accepts it. So you're flying up into the head, or you're contracted in pain or anger, but this attention is like the sky or like sunlight. It, it sees everything. It holds everything. And it doesn't judge you like, oh, there you go, thinking. Um, it doesn't privilege one state over another. So you're doing two things at once. And one thing, one helpful way to think of it is that sometimes they describe mindfulness in the classical practice as like peripheral vision, that soft focus vision. So it's like you walk into a party and you might be focused on, I don't know, headed for the bar or, you know, you have an aim. But at the same time, the soft attention takes in the whole room. Not in detail, but in a general way. So those are the two movements, the two actions. Does that help? And it's such a helpful practice for times of great upset and pain because um, I remember one detail from the great story of the Buddha's awakening, not just that when Mara, the demon, threatened him with these terrible images of war and mayhem. He knelt down, he reached down and touched the earth, um, asking the earth to be with him. And this doesn't just mean the earth, but the earth of your own body. But another thing that some of the ancient scriptures say is that he would say, and Mara conjured up visions of terrible armies. The Buddha said, and I paraphrase, Mara, you don't know my army. 
you don't know the size of my army. And he goes on to say that truth is with him and justice is with him and the Dharma is with him. So he's meeting fear with the knowledge that this practice puts us in alignment with a truth that's unshakable. We're accompanied. We have allies. It helps us see. It helps us see. One time when I was teaching at the Ruben long ago when we used to go places, um, someone came up to me who uh, was part of the protests at Sandy Rock. And, and he was um, kind of checking in with me about what he could take with him. And of course, I encouraged him to touch the earth to practice. And he wrote a wonderful letter to me afterwards that the practice helped him find out something useful that he could do. That when we're spacious, we give ourselves a chance to come home and settle down and have a kind of spacious awareness. So we see where we can be helpful, what might be skillful. So it's a really good medicine against feeling helpless and also against just flailing, drowning, overwhelm. Because we, it helps us see that we don't have to have it all figured out. We can just do the next kind thing, including if that kind thing is for ourselves. Because I have discovered that walking around the house, fuming, and raging doesn't do anybody any good. Have you noticed that? Just being completely tormented, it helps nobody. It helps nobody. But somehow this slow and painstaking work of tunneling out of the prison of our opinions and beliefs is coming home, is bringing kind awareness, enables us to take a breath and find a way to be responsive. Moment by moment by moment by moment and caring for ourselves in this way begins to be the way we treat the world, the rest of the world. 
with care. Listening. Think of times when you've been in the presence of somebody who really listens to you. It's extraordinary. You feel welcomed into the world. And this is a practice for giving this to ourselves. And we take root as we're about to. You're not just um, like a cloud. It's also helping you take root so you feel strong, you feel grounded. Right now, see how that feels as we go into metta. And just take, see how it feels to really take root here, feet on the floor, back straight, coming home, concentrated. And also at the same time you're coming home, you are open and granting yourself an attention that doesn't judge, doesn't reject, that accepts. And see how it feels, feel how it feels to be here. in the center of your life. And by life, I mean something very direct, the experience of being here, breathing, sensing, opening. And from that experience, that ground, we offer ourselves the wishes, may I be safe and protected from danger and harm. May I be well. at ease, happy, and free. And it doesn't matter how you feel, you're just cultivating a possibility of wishing well. And we let that extend outward to 
our community here may we be safe and well in the midst of it all whatever our situation May we be happy, at ease, and free. And now we let our hearts open farther still. And offer these wishes to our larger community and especially to those who suffer oppression and injustice, brutality and violence. May we all be safe and protected from danger and harm. May we all be well and happy and really free. let your heart open to all who have suffered, all who have died due to illness or to violence, oppression. And let our hearts open to people in this country and in this whole continent, north and south. Everybody who seeks refuge and safety. and wellness and freedom. Wishing well. And letting our wishes expand and radiate across the ocean to the whole of the UK. We have Irish and Scottish friends here. May 
you be safe and happy and well and free. And embracing the whole of Europe, every country. May we all be safe and protected from harm. May we all find refuge. and be well and happy and free. Embracing the whole of the Mideast and the whole of India and the whole of Africa, north to south. And really let ourselves feel, if we can, the wish, may we all be safe, including the whole of Asia, every country. May we all be well in body and mind. And allowing ourselves to feel the whole world. May we all be happy. and at ease and fully free. And coming home again, allowing ourselves to feel sad if we're sad or mad, if we're mad. And at the same time, offering this wish that we all be safe, that we all be held with 
compassion and love. Especially thinking of George Floyd. Being held in love and compassion. And all who protest and suffer and struggle, including ourselves in our struggles inward and outward, may we be safe from harm and danger. May we be well in the midst of it all. May we all be happy and at ease. And may we be free. Everyone, every creature, every plant, free to thrive. <laughs>